Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, all I can say is stay a kid for as long as you want. You guys want to hear a sad story before we start? I've been up since 5 o'clock in the morning, and it is 9.04, and I have been working all dang day. I am tired. Okay, let's get to this, because this is a long book, a long series, and we just want to jump into it. They don't want to hear too much talking, right, guys? All right, the name... Well, you know what? Maybe we'll do like every 10 episodes we'll talk about like what we think. What about you? What do you think about that? Okay. The name of this book is Secret. Chapter three. And now introducing Max Ernest. Okay. What I need you to do is turn off that fan because it's a little bit noisy in the background. Thank you, darling. You don't know how hot I always am. I know. Question. Okay. Question. What is not enough for one, just right for two, And too much for three. Do you know the answer to that? Wait, say again. Okay, ready? What is not enough for one, just right for two, and too much for three? Mm. A secret. secret? Yeah. Max Ernest, 11-year-old aspiring stand-up comedian, had read the joke, a really a riddle, if you want to get technical, in one of his 17 joke books, and now he was trying trying it on each of his 26 classmates in turn. None of the classmates laughed or even smiled. Most of them were too tired of his jokes and that they didn't bother to respond at all. Those who did say things on the order of, uh-huh, or whatever, or that's stupid, or no more jokes, it's so annoying, Max Ernest. And why can't you just have a name like a normal person, like one name? Or, I would probably burst into tears if our jokes met with such negative reactions, but Max Ernest was used to it. He never let what other people said upset him. He was going to be the funniest and the best stand-up comedian of all time. He just needed to practice. Max Ernest looked around the school for a yard, uh, the schoolyard for a student who hadn't heard his joke. There was only one. She was squatting in the edge of the soccer field, a baseball cap on the ground beside her. He didn't know her personally because they didn't have any classes together. But he recognized her on the basis of a certain physical feature, her big pointy ears. You know who that sounds like? Who? The girl with the old hands. No, no, no. It's Cass. Oh. The Cass, Cass, Cass. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Since I've already made a mistake in describing Cass's most identifiable trait, yes, her ears, I thought she never exposed them, but I guess I was wrong. I may as well describe our other hero, Max Ernest, for you. But remember what I said about forgetting it, forgetting what I said? Try and erase the image of Max Ernest from your ears as fast as you can for your own safety. Aside from his small size, the first thing you would have to you would have noticed about Max Ernest was his hair. Each strand each strand stood on end as though it were in a car- as though he were a cartoon character who had just stuck his finger in an electrical socket. His hairstyle was not a fashion choice. It was of 
philosophical one. Max Ernest cut every hair on the head exactly the same length because he didn't like to favor one hair over another. Hairs may be dead cells, he reasoned, but they're still growing things, and each one deserves to be treated fairly. If you think, if you think at this point of view, it's a bit odd or eccentric. Well, I'd have to agree. That hair is dead, but it still is growing, is what is known as a paradox, something that seems impossible, but nonetheless true. Max Ernest was very fond of paradox and, or paradoxes, and he was all kinds of, and he was all kinds of riddles and puzzles and word games. Max Ernest liked math and history and science and just about any other subject you can think of. Despite his diminutive stature, Max Ernest attracted attention wherever he went. He couldn't help it. As soon as you discover yourself, Max Ernest was a talker, a big talker. He talked all the time, even in his sleep. His, quote, condition, as his parents called it, was so extreme that they'd taken him to numerous experts in hope of finding a diagnosis. He's just talking. <laughs> yeah, he just likes to talk. The first expert said that he had an attention deficit disorder. The second expert said the first was out of order. Do you know what that is? ADD means he can't focus and he's just too too crazy. Another expert said he was autistic. Another one said he was he had Asperger's syndrome and one said the problem was his parents had Munchausen syndrome. Still, another said all needed was all he needed was a good old-fashioned spanking. They gave him pills to take and exercises to practice, but the more ways people tried to cure him, the worse the problem got. Instead of stopping his talking, each cure gave him a little, nothing, a little new thing to talk about. In the end, the experts weren't able to agree on a name for Max Ernest's condition and any more than his parents had been able to agree on a name for him. How Max Ernest became Max Ernest is a short story. Max Ernest was a preemie. That is, he was born prematurely, about six weeks earlier than expected. Prior to his entering the world, his parents hadn't done anything to prepare for his arrival. They had no stroller, no crib, no annoying musical toys, no baby wipes, no box of diapers. There were still plenty of pointy, dangerous things around the house. And they had no name for their baby. As the lump of shriveled pink flesh that would become Max Ernest lay in the hospital incubator like a small chicken or maybe a rabbit to- roasting in a glass oven, his parents argued about what to call him. His mother wanted to name him after his father, Max, but his father wanted to name him after his, his father, Ernest. Neither parent would budge. Max Ernest's mother declared that she would rather her child have no name at all than a crusty old name like Ernest. His father swore that he'd rather have no child at all than have a meager, mini little name like Max. Being only a few days old, Max Ernest was unable to tell his parents which name he preferred, but that didn't stop them. When he cried, Max Ernest's mother took an e- took it as evidence that he hated the name Ernest and wanted to name Max. When he sped up on his chin, his father said it was a sign that he hated the name Max and wanted the name Ernest. Finally, a nurse threatened to put the child up for adoption if they didn't reach a decision. So Max Ernest's parents decided to split the difference and both parents put the name on a certificate. But the argument left them so bitter and angry that all they that they got a divorce and as soon as they left the hospital with their baby, 
Now, 11 years old, Max Ernest has been able to speak quite clearly for a long time, but his parents asked him which name he prefers, as they do every year on his birthday, and he goes mute. He knows that to choose one name over another is actually like choosing one parent over another. And like most children, he'd rather do anything than that. Thus, Max Ernest has two names to this very day and will likely keep them for the rest of his life. The end. At that exact moment, Max Ernest eyed, eyed her from across the schoolyard. Cassandra was digging in the mud with her bare hands. Dirt kept getting under her fingernails, and she muttered to herself that she should be wearing protective gloves. It wasn't, it wasn't like her to be so unprepared. Remember, because she has a bunch of stuff in her backpack? She glanced a few feet away and spotted under the bleachers where a small, gray, furry thing was lying in the grass. A dead mouse. Sure, maybe the mouse had died of natural causes, Cass thought. But then why was she smelling like rotten? Why was she smelling rotten eggs again? What if the mouse had died from something as the same thing as a magician? What if the whole town were built over a toxic waste dump? If she didn't do something about it, everybody she knew would perish. Or she would let, or, or should she let them? Maybe they didn't deserve to live. If you haven't guessed already, Cass is having a bad day. That morning, she told her school's principal, Miss Johnson, that she had reason to suspect that their school is built on top of a toxic waste site. Cass made the sensible suggestion that Miss Johnson evacuate the school and order an evacuation of the grounds. Miss Johnson, who was a real stickler, a principal with principles, she called herself, gave Cass a stern look. What's the magic word, Cassandra? Whether you're asking for an evacuation or a glass of water. Please evacuate the school, said Cassandra impatiently. That's better, but it's the answer still no. What did I tell you about the boy who cried wolf? From there, the day only got worse. You look like you need a smoochy. Amber caught Cass on her way to the principal's office, and there was no escape. There was never an escape from Amber. <clears throat> Amber was the nicest girl in school and the third prettiest. Amber's only fault was that there, that it was more like charming habit that she was totally addicted, as she put it, to a particular brand of lip balm called Sweet and Sassy Lip Smoochies by Romy and Montana. Romy and Montana Skelton, otherwise known as the Skelton Sisters, were teen Harrises and television stars who controlled their own cosmetic empire. Amber totally worshipped them. Every week, Amber got a new different flavor smoochie, and she gave the previous weeks away. Most kids in the school considered it a great honor to receive Amber's half-used smoochies, and they dangled them from their necks like Olympic medals. Cass, on the other hand, knew the only reason Amber gave so many gave her so many was that Amber felt sorry for her. Cass hated people feeling sorry for her. Each time she accepted a smoochie, she promised herself that she would refuse the next one, but Amber always managed to catch Cass when her guard was down. Before she knew it, Cass would find herself mumbling to her, mumbling thanks to her and shoving another smoochie deep inside her pocket. That morning, Amber was accompanied by Veronica, the second prettiest girl in school. What's a smoochie? It's the brand of lip gloss that she uses. Yep. 
and even the fourth or the fifth nicest. After Veronica gushed about how sweet Amber was for giving Cass her watermelon superburst smoochie, as if it were an extra good good deed to give Cass as opposed to someone else. Cass tried to enlist their support of uncovering toxic waste. She figured if she got Amber and Veronica on her side, the whole school would rally for the cause. Cass told them that she knew there was a toxic waste. There was toxic waste because the grass on the soccer field had turned yellow, and because all of the dogs in the neighborhood acted nervous and prickled their ears up when, when they came near the school. But all Amber said was, Wow, you're really smart, Cass. And then she left with Veronica, but never bothering to answer Cass's plea for help. <laughs> <clears throat> when they thought Cass would, was out of earshot, Veronica started giggling. That's why she has those ears, to pick up on dangerous sounds, like a dog. Don't be so mean, V, Cass heard Amber say. But she heard Amber giggle, too. Covering her mouth with her shirt collar and her hands over her cuffs, Cass started digging with an, an renewed vigor. She wasn't able, she wasn't going to let Miss Johnson or Miss or Amber, or anyone else stop her. <clears throat> and later, when they all thanked her for saving their lives and begged for forgiveness, well, she'd decide what to do with them. Suddenly, she heard a voice, voice behind her. Hi, you're Cassandra. I'm Max Ernest. We don't know each other, but I know that you, I know who you are, and you probably know who I am. Well, you definitely do now. I mean, probably because you knew before everybody here knows exactly who I am. Everybody, even if they've never met. Isn't that weird how you can know somebody and not even know somebody at the same time? How about that? Cass looked up to see a short, mean person might say, see a short, a mean person might say puny, kid looking down on her. It was true. She did know his name was Max Ernest, but the only thing she heard about, heard other kids complaining about him. Oh, the only thing she heard was other kids complaining about him. She could already see why he irritated them so much. You want to hear a joke? Max Ernest said, asked. Cass put her hat back on her head. If it's not about my ears, I've heard them all. If it's about my ears, I've heard them all before, she said in a not encouraging tone. Max Ernest swallowed nervously. Actually, I think yours are cool. They make you look like an elf. I mean, in a good way. Well, I think it's good because elves are my favorite functional humo humanoids. Well, favorite after orcs. Not that I would want... Not what I would, that I would want to meet an orc. Besides, you don't look anything like an orc. Or maybe I should quit while I'm ahead, right? He paused for a, a quick breath. When she didn't take the opportunity to yell at him, he continued. How do you, do you, hey, do you think I talk too much? Everybody does. It doesn't mean every, it doesn't mean everybody talks too much. I mean, everybody thinks I talk too much. Even my parents, they say I have a condition. Most parents are psych, my parents are psychologists. That means they're doctors who cure people by talking. But my problem is talking and they don't know how to cure me. How about that? Cass didn't know what to say, so she asked, what's your joke? Oh, I almost forgot. What is not enough for one, just right for two, and too much for three? What? A secret. She didn't laugh any more than anybody else had. I don't get it. Well, Max Ernest explained patiently, you can't have a secret between yourself and yourself. You need someone else to have a secret, and that's two people. But it's not really a secret if there's if three people know it. Cass thought about it. But that doesn't make any sense. One person can have a secret. One person can have a secret. Three people can have a secret. It doesn't matter how many people have a secret as long as they don't tell anybody else. Max Ernest stared at her in surprise. 
He was used to being ridiculed and teased and spat at and having his lunch stolen, but never before had anybody given him, had anyone told him he didn't make sense. He prided himself on logical, on his logical mind. No, no, you're wrong, he sputtered. If you have a secret from somebody, there's, there's still two people. Cash shrugged. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter because it's not funny if you don't have, if you have to explain it. What do you mean? Why? I don't know, because you just have to get a joke. It's not like a logical thing. So then how do you know if a joke is funny? Max Ernest asked, extremely confused. You just do. Maybe you don't have to, maybe you just don't have a very good sense of humor. Cass said helpfully. Oh, for the first time since he met, since she'd met him, Max seemed at a loss for words. He looked so sad and defeated that Cat took pity on him, or Cass took pity on him. Or maybe you just haven't found the right joke yet, she added. Yeah, maybe. She didn't know, she didn't know he had been trying out a joke every day for months. He went was silent for another second, but only a second. Then he pointed to the hole in the ground. So what are you looking for, buried treasure? Be, because buried treasure isn't in the books, you know. There's real real buried treasure, like in shipwrecks. Did you know the Titanic was? I'm looking for toxic waste, Cass said, cutting him off before he can go on a long tangent about the t- Titanic. Max Ernest nodded knowingly. Yeah, I heard they always put schools over toxic dump waste. Toxic waste dumps because the land is really cheap and then they don't have to tell anybody and then when everyone gets sick you want and then everyone gets sick you want help hey they have rubber gloves in the science lab maybe we should get some exposure to toxic waste may give us a skin rash Cass smiled maybe max Ernest wasn't so bad after all you want me to do one more chapter okay all right doing another chapter but you're not gonna hear it till tomorrow okay bye